You're listening to the Slumber Party Podcast with your host, Amanda Jusen, a mum of two girls, a child and infant sleep expert, and general sleep lover. If you're a tired parent who is desperate for answers or just someone who loves sleep, this podcast was created just for you. Each episode is packed full of tips and tricks to help you maintain your sanity as well as your social life during the early stages of parenthood. So grab your headphones, it's time to get comfy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Slumber Party. I am your host, Amanda Jusen. I am a sleep expert, and I help people sleep independently, which is great because we have Petra today joining us. Uh, she is a listener with probably one of the most common questions I get. Um, so if you're listening because you're like, oh, my God, that's me. Yeah, I know. It's it's like everyone. <laughs> Um, and, you know, my big disclaimer today, if you are already listening, you know, the topic of this, uh, and same with YouTube watchers, but Fetcher is asking about co-sleeping and co-sleeping is one of those things where it's fairly political and controversial. And we'll talk about a lot of different things, but I will say this as a sleep expert and uh, someone who does sleep stuff, I can never say, yes, co-sleep. I can't because it's just like your doctor. Your doctor can't also tell you to co-sleep. Um, I do encourage you to do a research. There is research that supports co-sleeping. Um, there's research that doesn't. Uh, there's a great chapter in the book by Emily Oster uh, called Crib Sheet that also talks a lot about co-sleeping. Please do your own research and know that I'm coming at this like completely completely non-judgmentally. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to acknowledge the fact as well that many families happily choose co-sleeping as a sleeping option for their family. I only jump in when the parent doesn't want to be and they're they're co-sleeping when they don't want to be. So if you're listening and you're like, Amanda, you're a bitch. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not there. Okay. I'm not coming at you in the way that is bitchy. I am, well, you're going to see my approach to all of this today uh, and about w what we do. Um, but I, I support your choice to co-sleep. It can never be what I say you should do. Um, and always do your research. Is that a good disclaimer, Petra? <laughs> A five-minute disclaimer. Jump in. Tell me what's going on. Thank you for this question. So it it actually happened by accident. I we were always the type of parents, well, pre pre baby, who said we would never do this, and um, here we are. My daughter is six, and my son is three, and we just can't get them out of our bed. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it it kind of just happened by accident. Like I was very adamant about not allowing them in our bed. Um, it kind of I, I'm going to throw my husband under the bus. It happened because <laughs> of my husband. Because we, we would do like, we would, I was lucky enough to have him help on the night feedings and uh, because I couldn't breastfeed. And so he would do the later half of the, of the night. And uh, for some reason, whenever I would wake up, the, the, my son or daughter would be in the bed with us and I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then it just trickled down from there at that point, like, you know, just when you're in the thick of it in the middle of the night, you just sometimes you don't, you want to pick oh, yeah. your battles. And yeah, most of the time, obviously we chose to just 
sleep. And um, yeah, now I have like two children who obviously don't know how to self-soothe and need us for everything. And we're just in, um, yeah, we're just in a, I, I don't want them in my bed. So we're out of where we <laughs> get them out. And it's obviously like affected mine and my husband's relationship in many ways. Like the imp uh, intimacy has like decreased, um, obviously mm. the stress level between the two of us because we're not getting the sleep that we need. And then yeah. obviously we're always like in this, who's more tired competition. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're like, ah! so um, they, they, I mean, I love all of the layers that you're talking about here. Um, and, you know, when you talked about how, so I always, I always say I help with accidental co-sleepers and there are many intentional co-sleepers and this is not your podcast. It's not for you. It carry on if you're sleeping. And I'm always a big fan of like, if the whole family is sleeping, no matter what you're doing, whether that's co-sleeping, then, then carry on. The issues always start to arise when there's a member of the co-sleeping relationship that isn't enjoying the co-sleeping relationship anymore. So it might be that your husband likes it and you don't or vice versa. Um, or that even the child is ready to go, but doesn't necessarily know how, um, then that's a good sign that you're ready to stop the co-sleeping relationship. And I think that when um, many people think about co-sleeping, um, they ask me, like I'll be doing like an Instagram live or a takeover or something, and I'll be like, hey guys, give me your questions. And someone will be like, hey, some quick tips on how to stop co-sleeping. And I wish I could be like, yeah, it's uh, ba, ba, ba. like, you know, how do I lengthen my naps? Well, this, 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 I can tell you what that looks like. Co-sleeping is not easy because people don't realize that their physical body has become a sleep association to the child. So like a bottle, a boob, a pacifier, rocking, your physical body, your warmth, the fact that you're there you know, liken it to, I'll, I'll liken it to myself, right? I'm, this is embarrassing. I wonder if I've talked, I think I have talked about this on my podcast, but I slept with a stuffed pig under my arm until I moved in with my husband when I was <laughs> 25. Um, that is true. And I don't know where that... <laughs> Everyone is like, oh my God, listen to that sleep association. And you're not wrong. It's crazy. But I did. And it was falling apart. And I really wanted to give it to my kids, but it went missing. Slash, I think my husband was like, get this the fuck out of here. We don't need to be carrying this around country to country. Um, so yeah, I slept with a stuffed pig. And now... I sleep with a pillow. I always have to sleep with a pillow. So this has become the sleep association for me. And if I don't have something to put under my pillow, I feel like I'm gonna lose it. Or, um, you know, you think about, uh, you know, pre-pregnancy, I always used to sleep on my tummy and then you're forced to sleep on your side. That I had to reteach myself and it was agony. Um, so it's these are real true behaviors and associations that your body is is a part of for them 
right? So it's not easy. And like, I, I would never give you a quick tip to just walk away with. And I, we're going to talk about that today. It, there's, this is, I hate the word, but it, it will require sleep training. Now, obviously I say this, everyone who's listening is like, oh my God, I don't want to, what am I going to do? Sleep training is removing the association. So the great thing for you, so you said you had a six-year-old and a how old? One-year-old? Three. Okay. The great thing about older children is that there's a lot less tears because they can communicate, which is awesome. They, babies cry because they can't say, hey, this sucks. I want you to stay. Come back. I want you to do that thing that you do. I don't know what I'm doing. And they're upset, right? Older kids can say, hey, this sucks. Come back. I don't like what, and so it sounds like that instead. So that's that's a positive and a plus for you that there should be a lot less, you know, tears involved. So I don't want you to panic about this. For those of you with young babies who are listening or watching, there probably will be some tears involved. Um, so it will feel like sleep training. And my caveat to talking about sleep training is that it doesn't always have to be so hardcore. It doesn't have to be extinction. You don't throw your kid into the room and be like, see in the morning, you don't sleep with me. That's rough. That's some rough stuff. So you want a methodology and a plan to comfort and console and be with them. Um, while you are kind of weaning yourself from from their sleep dance. Because when we think about what sleep is, and when we think about when you go to sleep, there are a series of behaviors that need to happen in order for you to sleep. For me, it always includes my pillow. It includes like me going on one side. Your body is part of your child's physical dance to sleep. So it's it's not easy and it will not be a one day thing. Um, it'll probably be like a week or two thing, but that's OK. It, it shouldn't be that hardcore. So, so my, yeah, jump in. My question for you is uh, so because they both have adopted this, this, uh, I guess, sleep. What, what was the word you said? Sleep association. Sleep with me? Yeah. Uh, should I like do I tackle one like like how how would I kind of approach it? Would I deal with one at a time or do mm -hmm. I? Yeah, that's so, a great question. So the first thing I want to ask you before we talk about anything is does your partner feel the same way you do? Oh, yeah. No, he's completely on board with it. Uh, like he wants him out. But, you know, uh, he also realizes that he is like what kind of contributed to the issue, like when they were smaller. Uh, but yeah, no, they he definitely, he wants them out. That's for sure. Okay. We both are on the same page with it. Um, okay. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So, just to your point, even to what you were saying, like, yeah, you're right. There's not as much crying about with it, but because they're able to vocalize what they're feeling, it just makes you feel that much worse when yeah. you're trying to get them back in their bed and then they just like go on this like guilt trip because they yeah. are verbal and they can verbalize their feelings. Yes. Yes. More of like, you know, just, it just, yeah, it just makes it that much harder. I feel. 
Totally. So let's, this is a great question. Let's reframe that guilt. So part, part one of your question, I would tackle one at a time. I would probably start with your oldest one. She'll be the, um, she, he, she, she'll, yeah, she'll be the easiest, I think. She'll be the easiest to reason with. She'll also be probably the most willing and ready um, because you can talk to, you know, your big girl, you're in grade one now. These are things that you do, da, da, da. And that'll really speak to her. I have a six-year-old as well. When's her birthday? Okay. Got it. Oh, so she, will she be, oh, she just turned then. She just turned six. Got it. So you'll probably get more buy-in from her. Um, and then let's re, okay. So then I have to say, okay, this goes back to my original thought of what did the parents want here? Let's reframe what you guys want. You guys, are you sleeping well with them? You're so funny. No, just no. Don't know. Okay. So no, your intimacy is lacking. There's stress between mom and dad. There's fighting there. I mean, I'm assuming because that would be my husband and I, okay. There's no, like it's, it would just, I'm projecting. <laughs> then there's, then there is, um, you said there's that competition, right? So these are five really good reasons for you why you don't want to do this. And I think what happens as we become parents and I think our modern parenting styles or the pressure around modern parenting is that we give everything to our children, our bodies, our time, our breath if we could. I, I read, what did I read? Oh, where did I read it? It must've been on Instagram somewhere. And someone said, you know, I can't imagine not doing everything possible that I could for my child. And I would give them my life. And I feel like we've lost our way a little bit in terms of what we think our role is. And that might be because I, I always talk about the fact that we don't live in tribes anymore. We don't live in a group where we can share the responsibility of parenting. And that is the way it has always been. It has not been mom and dad full on looking at your child all day long, constant asking and talking and how are you doing and being and on. It's like that is a, a task that has an expiration date, whether it's you do it now when you're of sane mind and body or one night you're like, get the fuck out of my bed because I don't have it, right? There's an expiration point if, disclaimer, this is not what you want because you will always, your body, I, this is such a like interesting season where this has come up a lot. Your body responds to stress and it will eventually get what it wants in some way, whether that's through anger or maybe, I mean, you know, stuff happens where it's just like the baby will get out or the kids will get out. So then I have to, this is where we go back to this, they guilt me. 
what is good for the parent is good for the child always. I have learned this the hard way. Um, don't do what I did because you think that, no, I have to be everything to them or like, well, I feel so bad. You know, my husband travels. I feel so bad. So when they're gone, I really want to make sure it's like this big thing when my husband is gone. And it's like, you know what my kids need? Love, food, family, and that's it. And they don't need they don't need me to put on a song and dance. They don't need me to be like, tell me about your school day in four sentences. I said four and put up three fingers <laughs> in, in four sentences. And then I'm going to really interact you and look at you in the eye. And then we're going to have a big loving conversation. It's just it, what we are asking of modern parents is impossible. And so I think that you have to say, What's really helpful as well for children. So that's like part one. Part one is it's okay to want what you want. I want you to even just before you make any changes for yourself, honor this part of you that says, I don't want to do this. I am giving my myself permission and it, that it's okay. And I think we need to get comfortable with that first or else this guilt thing is always going to like come up for you. The other, for sure. even um, I listened to your podcast, the one you just released, the season four, uh, the yeah. first episode. It's true. It, it's it, yeah. We feel like we need to be all and end all for them, and in in turn, we're creating kind of monsters. Because my kids are always like, "Oh, what are we doing today? What are we doing today?" What are, like because they're always expected to like. I, I we're kind of creating this expe expectation for them. So yeah, no, I I yeah. hear you one hundred. Yeah. There's a great, um, oh, I'm going to butcher her name. It's like Lenore Skanansky. It's on Dak Shepard's podcast. I'll put it in the podcast notes. She talks a lot about how, um, let me look it up on my phone. We can edit this out because I think this will be a good episode for you to listen to. Where are my podcasts? Um... I'll send it to you after, but it's, it's, uh, I've, I've, I've read, I've listened to a few of his, um, podcasts. So I know who you're talking about. It's, it's like Lenore or something. Anyway, she talks, she, she's about the, the free, oh, here we go. Lenore Skinazzi, Skinazzi. Yeah. And she is a, she calls herself a free range parenting expert. And she talks about how modern children have more depression, anxiety, mood disorders than they've ever had in the history of children. And she thinks it's largely in part in due to this like helicopter parenting, this like need to be everything, this need to save them from feelings, from ever feeling bad from ever doing anything dangerous. And as a result, we are limiting their capacity to be individual human beings that can do hard things. And I think this is the thing that we are not serving our children well with is again, 
This does not go if you're just co-sleeping and you want to be, and that's your family choice. This is, I don't want to stop this hard thing because it'll be hard for my child. This is what I'm speaking to. So whether it's co-sleeping or anything, like a friend issue, it's all the same thing. So the we are doing our children a disservice by saying you can't do hard things because there is going to be a, a day that you are right not next to Olivia and her friend is being a dick and she needs to be able to do a hard thing and have some bad feelings and be with those feelings and then get stronger because of that. And it's really hard as parents to see our children go through those experiences, but they're not unhealthy and they're not problematic. I mean, it would be different if you're like, <laughs> but we're just saying, you know, I have a plan. You're going to sleep on your own. We're going to do this pretty gradually. And in the end, you're going to be stronger for it. And I'll support you when you're sad, but we're not sleeping together. That is not a sad thing to say. And children respond so well to their parents being leaders. So I talk about this a lot and I'm, I'm um, quoting Janet Lansbury, who's my guru. Uh, Janet Lansbury is a parenting expert. If you, you know, yada, yada, check her podcast out called Unruffled. And she talks about how children always respond to loving, firm boundaries. What makes children feel safe and secure is that their parents say no and mean no and that they set a boundary and they stick to it. And then that child is like, oh, these guys are in charge. They said, and they may not like it, but if you think back to, I always say this, I think back to a time when I was a child and I drove my parents so crazy asking them, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do, and they finally like gave in. That never felt good. It never felt right. I always felt like, oh, who's in charge? Like boss me around a little bit. I don't like this. Um, and this is an example of, you know, I want to sleep in your bed. I want to sleep in your bed. And you go, okay. Like it doesn't necessarily feel good to them. It doesn't mean that boundaries feel wonderful. It means that they are forced to do a hard thing in a safe, loving environment with parents who care about them and are just doing things respectfully. No, for sure. Yeah. No, I think like we're like, I've, I've tried many times to get her to be in her own bed. Like, so typically we, like, I have to sit in the room with her and she'll go to sleep in her own bed. And then at some point, whenever she wakes up for whatever reason, because we wake up as humans, like <laughs> and she realizes, she realizes that, oh, uh, no one, I'm not there no more. And then she comes and comes to search for me and mm -hmm. then she'll try to come in my bed. And then I'm like, no, you need to go back in your bed. And like, it, it eventually I do try to be strong and like yeah. be kind and like yeah. reinforce this kind. But then, you know, when it's the sixth or seventh or eighth time, yeah. you know, I'm usually like, babe, babe, <laughs> you know, go, go sleep in, in the room with, you know, your daughter, yeah. you know, like it's, or like vice versa, he'll get up and he'll be like, oh, you know, I need to sleep. Like yeah. we can't do this all night. And it's like, you yeah. know, we want 
we I, I believe we generally want this to happen, but I think uh yeah, I think it's we just gotta bite the bullet and so the other part is training kind of Yeah. I, I mean yes, it's about bite, biting the bullet and all of this stuff is so easy for me to say. But why it always helps to work with a consultant and if you can't work with a consultant, this is what we do and this is what you can do at home by yourself. We make a plan. We are not rocket scientists. We are not finding out anything you can't find on the internet. But what we can do is we do problem solve really well with you. We've seen all the shit, so we can help you. But barring all that, this is not affordable for everyone. This is not in everyone's budget. You need to sit down with your partner and you need to sit down and write down this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do at 3 a.m. This is what we're going to do at 6.30 a.m. Here's how we're dividing the labor at night. This is what you're doing. Or if she wakes up then, you go. So it's already set out. So there's no fighting. Everyone knows what to do uh, because no one makes good decisions at 3 a.m. They're all bad. Me too. They're all bad. <laughs> Like if my kids wake me up for a stupid reason at 3 a.m., I am not this mom. I'm a, I'm a bad mom. <laughs> I'm like, go to bed. Oh, my God. No one's making good decisions at 3 a.m. But if I had a plan, yeah. Oh, yeah. You are not alone. And I try to be really <laughs> open about that. Um, I definitely have yelled at my kids <laughs> more than one time. Um, but... Yeah, so you have to have the, that division of labor set out ahead of time. We, yes, stay with her at first. Make a plan with your daughter and your three-year-old. He'll get it. He'll? He. You will wean yourself off from that and tell them when your last day in the room is. And then you got it. After that, it's about, I'm not, I'm not here anymore. If you come out, I, I'm sorry, this is like a, a safety and behavior issue. So there might need to be a consequence that you employ, again, that you discuss beforehand, before you make the plan, make that a part of your plan. When this happens, we will do this. On night seven, if they're out, we're going to do this. And then make that obvious to all members of the family. That might be like when I'm working with older children, especially, uh, I might have them in on the consultation. I might um, get the parents to print out what they've decided, uh, have some charts, have some rewards, have some incentives. Incentives alone are not enough to convince your child to stay put. You need to probably have a disincentive as well if they come out. Um, so, but the the mo the key thing is, and this is where everyone fails in, in you know, co-sleeping for older kids or sleep training for babies is one day you get so fed up and you say, this is it. Tonight's the night. And you talk and your partner's like, yeah, it is the night. And you're like, great, we're on board. That's our plan. Let's go to bed. It's not happening. And then 3 a.m. comes and you're like, I just have to go to sleep. Just come in. It's fine. And then it like you have to write it down and you have to stick to it and maybe put some incentives for you and your husband as well, where it's like, okay, if we can get through this at the end of the week, 
we're going to go to Dairy Queen <laughs> or like, we're, you know what I mean? Like silly things. That's a great, that's a great point because you always try, you think to gear towards the child, but obviously yeah. if we were, if we successfully sleep train them, then in the end it's, it's, you know, we should reap the benefits as well. Right. Yeah. Not, not only just being able to sleep. Right. Yeah. But yeah, no, so I have, I've, I've done all that with her. Like it kind of worked too. Like, uh, when the pools opened, when it was safe earlier, uh, she's like an avid swimmer. I was like, okay, well, you know, you're not going to go swimming if mm-hmm. you don't stay in your bed. Mm-hmm. And so she did. She stayed in her bed. She stayed in her bed for about a week. And then I was like, she's like, but every day was like, I stayed in my bed. Can I go swimming now? Can I go swimming now? And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, we said, you know, a week, you know, yeah. and then the week up and we let her go swimming and then the very same night uh what happened she's trying to get in our bed and that's where the this is where the um like people don't like the word consequence because it insinuates that we're like doing something bad but a consequence might be like uh you know before if you are going to come out of your bed i'm going to have to shut your door before i go to bed Um, And you can have that discussion with your child beforehand. These aren't like surprise things. It has to be the punishment has to fit the crime, right? Like, well, if you come out, I'm sorry, there's like, there's no TV. Um, If you come out, I'm sorry, we can't do this. Have an incentive and a disincentive about why they shouldn't be doing the thing. Because the incentives only work so much, right? No, for sure. That's why I mentioned that because it's, I, I didn't think about that. We, we needed like yeah. a disincentive, like you said. Yeah. That's, that's actually- yeah. So then um, I also want to just point out, and I, I'm not doing this to be spiteful or bitchy, but a lot of people will say, you know, the baby isn't sleeping, just co-sleep, just co-sleep. And you know what? One day they'll stop. it is really unlikely that that is gonna happen it is a myth and like one day does one day mean 18 like (laughs) for sure yeah that's i guess what we kept telling ourselves and Mm -hmm. you know the here we are and um but so many people probably told you that as well oh no for sure yeah yeah for sure 100 percent. like my parents being probably you know, the biggest ones they, you know, I guess grandparents just don't really like to hear their grandkids crying. So yeah. 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 No, for sure. Um, well, this is great. I'm happy. I, you answered a lot of my questions. One was like, where do I start? And, you know, you said, make a plan. Mm -hmm. And then I was asking about tips and tricks, but we know that that's, I wish I could do it. Like, really? But it would just be, I don't like, I don't like selling. I don't like giving bullshit. And I will never be like, yeah, just do a couple quick things and then it's over. It's like, that just is a lie to you. And then you'll be mad at me after. Yeah, for sure. And then I guess my other one was like, how to keep it going, like how to keep the momentum going. But um, you spoke to that in terms of incentives and disincentives. So I think that like I, I have a solid starting line yeah. at least. 
Um, the other thing too is like to know that children are always pushing limits. So let's say you get a month out of this and then um, the next month they're pushing back on something. So it's like, no, I want to be in your bed. That's when it is actually the hardest to stay consistent because you've had a month of sleep and you're like, what's the, what's the problem in just one night? Don't do it. You have to pretend it's a night one every, every time. Um, so it, it, you, that, that will, sorry. <laughs> I've been doing this a little while. So like I will have, um, I'll have clients who like, oh yeah, things are great. And then it was just like one bad night. And we, we just, we thought of it like, what's the harm in that? And again, it's not me making these rules. I don't make the rules. I wish, I wish we could have one night. How cute would it for me to, to bring my kid into my bed and be like, let's snuggle for just a night. Kids do not understand gray. They are like, it's either this or it's this. And you let me do this every day. And now you don't want to. I'm not, I'm not going to comply. No, for sure. Consistency, I, I feel is definitely. Yeah. Very important for sure. Especially when you're trying to change a behavior. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I feel like I know all the like the answers. <laughs> it's just a matter of uh you know putting them putting them to work. It's hard though. Staying insane committed yeah for sure yeah it's hard it's hard even when you work with a consultant. It's hard. It's just hard stuff in general. But, but I feel like, I feel like you're ready and so is your partner. And so this is the time. Yeah, no, for sure. They need to, they need to, they need to get out of my bed. <laughs> no, it's funny. Like there's, they're also, they they both want to close sleep, but they're also, they have two different ways of like doing it. Olivia is like really in your face and Lucas is like the little quiet ninja <laughs> who you'll, you'll roll over and you'll be like, Oh, when did he get here? You know, where she like, she makes it known when she's, yeah. when she's coming. So yeah. Uh, I like the point as well, just to recap about doing one at a time. Mm -hmm. Like I need to get one, doing and then I guess work on the other also because they're different right mm -hmm. and assuming their plan may be different right depending on yeah to some extent I mean for that age and stage I would probably follow a relatively similar methodology of weaning slowly um, because both have been sleep co-sleeping I mean in general co-sleeping I always recommend weaning slowly um, but for both of them I would recommend generally the same plan you're just probably gonna get a little more buy-in and it'd be a lot faster with your oldest okay Amazing. Well, Petra, you've been amazing. And believe it or not, you have helped like a thousand people or however many people are listening to this podcast or watching this. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, like always, guys, uh, you can find me at Baby's Best Sleep online. Uh, I have a blog. I have a ton more podcasts. But as always, if you like what you are hearing or watching, please like, subscribe, and review. Leave me a note if you're a co-sleeper. And if this was helpful, leave me a note if it wasn't helpful. That's fine, too. I think you know that stuff, too. 
Have a good one. And thank you so much, Petra. Thank you again. Bye. See you. Bye.